Welcome back to We Watch Dead People. I'm Emma, and across from me is Will. Hello. Um, I waved. I don't know why. Yeah, they can't. They can't see that. This is all auditory. <laughs> um, but this is episode six. Woohoo! Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and if you are following along on our Instagram, looking at the clues, um, I think I made it pretty obvious this week's uh, episode features the movie it follows by popular demand by popular demand we had a couple people suggest this film mm-hmm. and oh did it not sit well with me but wait before we get into that i'll do housekeeping so it follows um 2014 film written and directed by david robert mitchell and starring micah monroe kyra gilchrist Daniel Zavato, Jake Weary, and Olivia Lucardi. Yes. Yes. Described as a uh, supernatural psychological horror film. Yes. I would agree with those descriptions. I would too. This one did not sit well with me. Yeah. Yeah. I can't even. I can't even decide if I liked it or if I didn't. Well, would you like to describe the basic premise of the movie? Oh, um, yes. Okay. Okay. Uh, this girl named Jay, who is in college, yes, but living at her mom's house, um, with her sister, uh, meets this guy, has gone on a couple dates, um, has sex with him, and then he basically tells her that because they've had sex, this thing is gonna start following her, it's, can only walk. It shouldn't touch her. Good luck. And then it does. <laughs> there, it, it like takes the form of any person. And it's just walking towards her. And nobody else can see it. I feel like that's a key component of what freaked me out. I mean, it makes sense because it's supposed to be like a, I don't know, a ghost or a spirit. Whatever, a demon. I don't know. But that was what really scared me is that it was just just she could see it and then eventually she tracks the guy who gave it to her back down again and he can also see it yeah even though none of her friends can it targets one person at a time but if you've already had it you can see it you can see it yeah yeah well i so it did scare you yeah it well i mean Yes, it did scare me in a typical sense, like while we were watching it during Spooky Points, as per usual when we're watching, I'm like half covering my eyes and taking you by the shoulders and being like, why did I want to do this? I hate horror movies. I don't like being scared. So in that way, it scared me. Okay. But then now we've watched it. Those scary parts are over and it's lingering on me. Oh, it is? Okay. Yes. That's the worst part. Yes. There's like a taste in my mouth. And the obvious metaphor is like STDs or STIs. Mm-hmm. I don't remember which one one of them is the correct one. 
um for this movie or no 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 like there's sexually transmitted diseases but then i think it became stis which is sexually transmitted infections well, I would say this is probably a disease and not an infection, but, you know. Or maybe the... Well, it doesn't matter. Whatever. Doesn't matter. A sexually transmitted thing <laughs> as metaphor and, like, if you have a sexually transmitted disease, it, like, really only you are aware of it. Mm-hmm. For the most part, there aren't any visual symptoms that everybody can see, but it it follows you and it's with it's something that you carry with you forever and this movie did a good job of showing the first part of what i think that would be like which is horrifying realizing having to come to terms with and being afraid and looking for a support system Mm -hmm. um it really reminded me of a book that i had to read for my um english like literature like um like english american literature okay course in college which was it was actually a graphic novel but it was called black hole and um it's written and illustrated by charles burns and it basically follows these like it's set in the 70s in a suburb of some major city and basically kids pass around this sexually transmitted disease but it gives you mutations And that played with power dynamic of like who could and couldn't see it because like some kids, it makes their whole face break out into these giant, giant warts. Oh, so they're not good mutations. No. Oh, I was thinking like X-Men. No. 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 That's no good. Well, but then some kids, it'll, it appears in them as like they'll get a tail or they'll grow like scales on their leg or something you can hide. Mm -hmm. And some kids like can't hide it. And those kids have to like run away from home and go live in the woods and they're social outcasts. That's what it reminded me of. Yeah, I can. I, I mean, I haven't read it, but sounds pretty similar. It's a really good book. Okay. Also very unsettling, like this movie. Well, this I'm unsettled. Mo- people love this movie. Really? Yeah. I mean, it's like, uh, it got really. I mean, for whatever this is worth, it got really high marks on like Rotten Tomatoes and whatever. Mm-hmm. But I think when it's like become like a, a hip horror movie you know what i mean it's like because well, like, it's kind of artsy yeah i mean it's got really style i mean stylish stylized style yeah stylish or stylized would be the words i would use to describe it primarily okay. i mean it's like it's really pretty looking it's got the retro um soundtrack it's yeah it's got some retro visuals too i mean the visuals are pretty but also somewhat confusing we can get into that later though well but i mean just shots the actual oh. cinematography of the movie. Yes, very nice. Yeah. And, but it's, you know, I think a lot of people just, for whatever reason, really love this movie. It's become sort of like, uh, you know, there's been, we've talked about this before, there's like been this whole crop of art, art house horror movies. Mm-hmm. And I think that this is sort of uh, one of the first ones I could probably think of that really got popular i don't know i would definitely categorize it as artsy it's got all those um shots that are well lined up like because it's something that's represented as a person following there's a lot of symmetry in it Mm -hmm. i mean because you see a person in the middle of the shot walking towards it just splits the screen in a satisfying way Mm -hmm. in a way that's nice to look at and then they mirror that in some other shots at the beach or when they're driving down a road 
you know, or when they're pulling into that hunting cabin and there are all the trees lined up. Yeah. It feels thoughtful. Yeah. The way it's shot. I'm personally just very conflicted about this movie. Really? Yeah. This is my third time seeing it. And the first time I saw it, I really enjoyed it. I Mm -hmm. thought it was scary. Um, I thought it was really stylish and cool. I really liked the music. Uh, The second time I watched it, I did not like it Mm -hmm. uh, because it fell apart. There are, we can get into this in a moment as well. (laughs) There's like the the central curse or whatever you want to call it. That's Mm -hmm. the conceit of the whole movie. Um, It, uh, the rules are really inconsistent. It doesn't have a consistent logic to it. And it didn't bother me. So this is why I can't tell if I'm being unfair. The first time. That didn't bother me at all. Mm -hmm. It was just, I took it in and it was scary. The second time and this time, the holes in the story stand out to me. I still think it's a really great premise. It's really solid. And the first scene with it, when she has sex with a guy and then he knocks her out with the chloroform and she wakes up in the wheelchair and he's explaining the premise to her and it's got the cool shot with the camera attached to the wheelchair yeah. So you're really disoriented as he's, like, moving her around this, like, abandoned building. Uh, that's great. Yeah. Very scary. Great in the way that it sucks. Well, and it sets up some of the rules. But then they don't follow through on those rules. And that bothers me. Like, uh, the two obvious examples are that it's always, you know, they say it's always walking at you. Yeah. That dude at the end, we're just going to wade right into spoiler territory. The movie's been out for five years, so sorry. <laughs> sorry. Um, what, the guy, she, the naked guy on the roof? Yeah. Why the hell is he on the roof? Is that just the one time? Because I the also da- okay, was like... Okay, hold on. The dad, her, like a manifestation of her dad shows up because it... Oh, uh, at the pool? As, yeah, and it starts throwing shit at her. Well, maybe it's smart... But but it's just not I, it's not consistent logic. I think that there's well, but the, uh, Hugh was also Hugh slash Jeff was just giving her the knowledge that he knew. Okay, well then, and he'd the, only ever had it walk. He had never tried to trap it. So a couple times, then with a couple things with Hugh, the first time that we ever get a sense that anything's amiss, he says that girl in the yellow dress. Number one, and then she's not there. Number one, none of. It is ever wearing colored clothes at any other point in the movie. It's always white or they're naked. Number two. Oh, that is interesting. I hadn't thought of that. Number two, how the man has a booby-trapped house with sound traps everywhere, and he's sound traps everywhere. He's got cans on his windows so that he knows if it's there. He has that much forethought, and he couldn't recognize what this thing was. Also, why did it stop in the doorway? Why wasn't it walking down the aisle at him? I don't like, this is... I'm not trying to be a huge... Because I think they're just setting it up. I but mean, that, I get it. But that's it. what I'm saying. I like. I feel like a bit of a jackass. Because no, I think it's just because you've seen the movie and you had like the recognition to be like, wait, he said yellow dress. I remember every other time it's in white clothing. Yeah. Where like me as someone who hadn't seen it before, I was just like, oh, this is... Because I like generally knew what this was about. Yeah. I was like, okay, there it is. So Let's see, we're setting it up. I we're think, teeing up. I think that this movie works really well the first time you see it. On success, I mean, most horror movies have diminishing returns because the scares, you know them. 
Mm-hmm. So they walk away. They, they're, they're, they lessen as you, you know, go through it. But the best horror movies, Hereditary is a good good example. Yeah. Uh, you can laugh, but it doesn't matter if you know what the scares are. The underlying premise of the movie is really sound, and it's still really fucked up and will make you uncomfortable. This movie, it just sort of unravels with successive watches. You don't, like, see things more that make it make more sense. Mm-hmm. You see things that make it make less sense. And I think that that, that irritates me a little bit. Now, I don't want to make it sound like I'm just trashing this movie because I hadn't seen it in a few years and watching it tonight. It also still scared me. Yes. You know, there's something really menacing about this premise and the way it's carried out. The scene where she, like runs into her room and they're knocking on the door and they eventually open it and that big dude just like suddenly comes through the door. Yeah. That's scary as hell. Like Yeah. And also when they're at the beach and you see the girl coming up behind her, like that sense of dread where you know they're it, coming yes. is scary. That it's like the the famous Hitchcock line where he says like if there are two people talking at a table and then there's just an explosion you don't really feel anything. But if you see two people talking at a table and then the camera goes under and you see the bomb ticking under their feet, it like builds in your chest and you get scared. Yeah. Uh, Like the suspense. Well, and and this movie does that well with the premise of it having to walk because Mm -hmm. there are a handful of shots where the, it's not immediate, but you're just, you know, you can see it before even the camera has made it perfectly obvious do you know what i mean well yeah they do it they do it both ways so the shot i was talking about which comes a little later in the movie you can see it but no one else can yeah and that's scary earlier in the movie like when the girl's in the classroom and she sees the old lady Mm -hmm. you you and her see it yes and you know it's not you're not totally sure because it's like the first time it's happened out in the wild in the movie (laughs) and so you're not sure what you're seeing just like she's not and it's as it like yeah uh yeah as it dawns on you what you're seeing happens in real time for her as well and and that's very uncomfortable and when she calls out hello and the two people farther down the hallway are like hi no lady's still just coming yeah (laughs) yeah it's that's freaky stuff it's freaky i mean but aside from the general scares and spookiness of it being a horror film the overall premise and metaphor i was a little nervous about because again i had a general idea and i was worried it was going to be like a little ham-fisted or i was going to feel a little tired about it but i thought it was very affected effective with that with the the idea of like a disease that's transmitted in a way that's kind of taboo to talk about in society and then having to deal with that emotionally where i thought that the metaphor itself kind of fell apart is that i didn't think it was as nuanced in its approach because it didn't vary for anybody mm-hmm. the way it would in real life. It was just like, this is how it happens. It happens this way every time. And there's there she doesn't meet very much stigma, like any stigma mm-hmm. from her friends or anybody in her life. Like they are all worried for her and she's clearly still 
you know, she's still hurting. She's still being tortured, but she doesn't deal with any like social repercussions. And maybe that's because I was thinking of the book Black Hole, where it's just about social repercussions. Yeah. And that of like who gets it and who doesn't. And some people get it and some people don't. And this one, it was it was like almost too consistent. There are also no people in this movie who are having sex but aren't affected by this, which, you know, you sort of know is you have to know as a as a viewer is happening around the movie. Mm-hmm. Not everyone can be affected by this. It's not like every time someone has sex, this is involved. No, you know? it's just that particular line of people. Yeah. I would also say that I think, as far as the metaphor goes, I don't really have anything particularly insightful to say about this. It's just something I've noticed. Um, horror movies and sex are... It's a weird combo. They, like... Yeah. Th- this is one of however like just it's like the a thousandth horror movie that basically it takes a puritanical view of sex like if you do this you're at putting yourself at risk of dying and because like in every slasher horror movie like some of the first couple that's having sex yeah they they get uh, you're done you're done if that if you do if you do it in the movies you're you're just it's over so I, I don't know. Does the director have strong feelings about that? Or is it just a cool premise? Like, John Carpenter with Halloween, mm-hmm. he got a lot of pushback from people over the years because people would write, you know, papers in their classes or whatever It's at college. Analyzing it. Yeah, and saying that it's, like, anti-feminist and things like that. Which, you know, people are allowed to, you know, analyze movies for subtext. That's fine. Mm-hmm. But he says it's not true like he just wrote what he thought was a, like a cool idea that doesn't mean that those things aren't true yeah but just like i'm wondering how much conscious thought this this movie's much more aware it's very aware of what and it's that's, of what it's doing that's the thing that john carpenter halloween whatever it's like it's a scary I, movie but it's not attempting to do anything sort of overtly other than boogeyman killing women this movie has like a direct you, overt thing about sex in yes. the premise. And I, I do wonder if the director has anything because not only is it... I mean, like, on one side, it's, like, dealing with that, like... It makes sex seem very scary, but then it also makes it seem like having an STI is, like, game over, game changer. You'll never have well, sort of. sex that you enjoy or whatever ever again, which just is not true. Well, but sort of, because then the movie kind of ends. I mean, it's ambigu- It's a little ambiguous, but... Yeah. Paul and Jay, you know, Paul's been lusting after Jay and still wants to have sex with her, even though all this is going on. He wants to protect is, her, yeah. Which is know. also its own little interesting commentary. The men don't give a shit. They still just want to... They want to have sex anyways, even though they know all this terrible stuff's going on. But the movie ends with Jay and Paul walking down the street holding hands, and behind them is a figure in white walking behind them. So if you choose to read into that... It follows. Well, they both have it now, but they're holding hands and they're happy. They're living with it. They're just making do. I guess. I don't think it lingered on that shot long enough. I think they should I, have been less bothered. I don't like sure, but I think they I think still that seemed the, kind of haunted and upset. And even though they were holding hands, that was like the last twenty seconds of the movie. If the lesson or the thing at the end really is that they're just 
living their lives and they're fine with it, then they, I think there should be a, li- a touch more focus on that. Yeah. No, I Because I didn't, and now that you're saying it to me, I'm like, oh, okay, yes, they're like accepting and dealing with it and living their life even with this thing. But I, there wasn't enough for me to get that just straight on my own. Yeah. Like, I, I didn't well, see it enough. And my memory of the movie was that when Paul and Jay have sex at the end of the movie, that it was, like, more intimate, sort of. But watching it again, I don't... Not really. Not yeah. in, Oh, not you in, mean, like, compared to the other sex show? Yeah. Yeah, not really. It like, was that same... They had... She had the same kind of breathing pattern as she did with the... <laughs> Greg sex and the no because it was something that I <laughs> stood out to me because the sound in this m- movie is really good when she first has sex with Jeff slash Hugh yeah in his yeah. car yeah in his car she has like a very relaxed breathing pattern she also had it with Greg and she had it with Paul but but just something that stood out to but me. to be f- so this maybe this is what I'm thinking of when she has sex with Hugh in mm-hmm. the car. She doesn't know what's going to happen, and so they're just, in her mind, they're just having a good time. Yeah. When she has sex with Greg in the hospital, she is visibly uncomfortable. Yeah. She's doing it because she feels like she has to, which uh, is maybe, uh, maybe uh, very uncomfortable. So yeah. yeah, and you can also read a lot into that. But when she has sex with Paul, who she's denied multiple times throughout the movie, you could read that as that she It seemed like they were coming together for something, I yeah, guess. Yeah, and she's re-engaging with an important part of being a person, which is, you know, connecting intimately with people. Yeah. Um, But I don't know. I don't know. I think... I don't know. I think one of the things I can't make up my mind about this movie is that some movies are really good because they let you use your imagination and fill in the gaps. And that's why I think, like, some people wish they filled in the details of the mythology of the demon a little bit or, you know, whatever it is. And I don't know how I feel about that. It could, if they do too much, it could ruin it. But some movies are also underwritten. And I sometimes wonder if this movie was underwritten. Well, especially because it throws such tidbits that maybe you are going to find the origin of the demon. Like Hugh's whole thing is like, you know, the whole line back to whoever it, like wherever this started and i was like oh are we gonna like trace all the way back and find out really what happened and then she's like well how did you get in he's like ah girl i've i don't know her name it was a one night stand well and see that's the complication like by not doing that they make it a much more intimate movie and it's within their budget constraints Mm -hmm. um but at the same time it leaves room for the for the holes in the in the mythology, number yeah. one. And number two, I just think, like, you have five five characters, five main characters, um, and you don't really know a lot about any of them. No. You don't, know, really you was... don't know basically anything at all. You know that the two of them are sisters and their mom gets up at 5.15 in the morning. Yeah, and... Paul and uh, Jay kissed his little kids. Paul and Kelly kissed as little kids. Yeah. They seemed to all live in the same neighborhood. Oh, Jay and Greg had sex in high school. They did? Yes. Remember? Yeah, because Paul was like, you know, I like you too. Why'd you pick Greg? And she's like, we had sex in high school. It didn't seem like a big deal. And he wasn't afraid. Hmm. 
That was part of that line? I thought you she just said I wasn't afraid, but that's fine. No, I, and then no, she I follows it up. Okay. I believe you. But Thank you. You're welcome. But yeah, so I mean, you just don't know anything about them very much. And so, I mean, to be perfectly honest, the first time I watched it again, it got by on the style. Mm-hmm. This time, I just, it became more apparent to me that I don't like any of them. Like, I don't care. I just didn't care about anything. I felt a little bit for her because the main character, Jay, because... She's so tortured by this. Yeah, she's having a really tough time. But that's not really a great basis for forming a like a connection with a character, I think. Like, wow, your life fucking sucks. Like, I, well, I, I, w- I wish that there was more before that that made me like her, but she's just kind of bland. I didn't think she was bland or anything, but the part you said about, like, oh, you just feel for her because it's like, oh, your life fucking sucks. I think that could be a part of the metaphor that wasn't, didn't get its full potential because that's the way it, like, demonizes sex and sexually transmitted diseases. Mm -hmm. And that's it. It's just, like, sex and STDs are scary and awful, and it doesn't at all examine the people who have them who are not scary or demons or anything mm-hmm. they're just living their lives do you know what i mean there are also plenty of stds that can be cured so i don't know what well clearly in this one is a metaphor yeah, for well, one that can't well that's fine but i just i don't know that's where the lack of nuance comes in with this but but the, but well, again and even if that's... it can't be fully cured there are ways to have sex with an std where you don't spread it also do real stds exist in this movie world I don't know. I it, the movie world is bizarre. This is something that we were going to get into when we were talking about the visuals. I mean, pretty, but bizarre. And I kept asking about that, like, shell phone Kindle thing just that get... one girl had. And you were like, yeah, this is something. What did you say about it? That people kind of debated the aesthetics. Like, it didn't exist in a real time. Yeah. It's like a made-up alternate reality. Like Just subtly, though. But yeah. then also not so subtly. I No, it's, I would say it's mostly subtle. Because it looks, on the face of it, like average suburbia. And nothing really stands out other than the clam phone. Because they actually show it, like, close up. But they've got all kinds of weird stuff. Like, people wearing winter jackets with shorts. They've got... Or going in the pool... You know, at the same time, like, same day they're wearing a winter coat. Yes. There's um, people, they only watch, like, old black and white movies on this old tube television. Yeah, her uh, phone that she uses to call Greg when she sees the thing going into Greg's house is the like... The cord phone. Yeah, it's a cord phone, but... Her kitchen, her Jay's family's kitchen is, like, sort of retro looking, but Greg's is really modern with, like like modern appliances it's it's weird and i don't know that i've ever read anything definitive about what the director was trying to do with that but again this is like one of those conflicting things for me i kind of like not being told a lot about the world and it just sort of exists. yeah i don't want to be spoon fed like i love blade runner because blade (sighs) what this isn't about blade runner but blade runners my favorite part about blade runner is that there's this story going on in this world and I'm much more interested and you're just in into the world. Yeah, I'm yeah. much more interested in the world. This movie doesn't do enough of building the world for me to buy into it, but it is just there enough to make you wonder about it. Yes. I don't it's weird. It's really weird. And it's only if you're really paying attention. 
Yeah, because that you're like, oh, that's kind of weird that she's wearing that coat with shorts, huh? The because cl- the clam phone was the only thing I noticed the first time, and even so, it didn't even really register with me. Uh, well, the first none of time. them had cell phones, so the fact that she had a little pocket thing that she could read a book on i was like clearly if they have this technology if this was our world but sometime near in the future or something yeah we yeah i don't know and they i don't get what most of the people in the movie drive old cars too like 80s cars yeah it's yeah i don't know i don't know what that's about it's it's quite interesting but i don't know again like i don't know if that was like, I just don't know how much that factored into the thought process. Was it just done because it was neat? Or is there something... Is that meaningful in any way? Yeah. I, I just don't know. I don't know. It was unsettling, but not wholly satisfying. The... The overall. Oh, the movie? Yeah. Oh, see, I thought I thought you liked it more than you just gave it credit for I, there. I did. I just... I don't know. Now that we're talking, there are gaps, and I think that demonization of sex and sexually transmitted diseases is a i don't know i i didn't watch this movie when it came out i don't know if it started any good conversations i hope so yeah i mean i'm sure it did i just i i i don't really know i don't, I don't know because i just i'm conflicted about about that message i'm conflicted about how much suspension of disbelief i should give it because well i suspend my disbelief of course but like how much they're willing to give me like about the thing i don't know very the metaphor was very obvious they played into it very well and it got it it got it more than obvious it's like the plot of the movie i know but i'm saying it got across very well and it worked the idea that you can pick something up from sex that will be with you forever and could kill you or is scary or hard to deal with. Well, that is haunting and people don't think about it as a literal monster, but here it is as a literal, literal monster. Well, it see, worked. So I think some movies... It was scary to watch. Some think movies, about. I think, start with an ending and then they figure out how they get there. Mm-hmm. Other movies, I would say a lot more movies... Start with a premise, and then they figure out how to build that. Mm-hmm. This movie definitely started with a premise. Yes. This movie was some guy thinking, "What if an STD was actually just a thing that followed you around?" Like, like it's a, an interesting thing. It is, but I think that that's where you see a lot of the problems come out. They just sort of took that great idea and then they stretch it out over a hundred minutes and didn't fill in all the holes. And I think on the f- like I said already in this episode, first watch, this is a good movie. Yeah, it's, I don't it, think it's a bad movie. You can just sort of, you don't have to think too, too hard, but it is thought-provoking. It's stylish. There are some good scares. It's, you know, it's fine. It's it's enjoyable. Repeat watches, though, will expose the flaws in the movie, and I think that that's... Um, I don't know. That that might just be why on viewing number three for me, I'm a little more sour on it than some people. I mean, people. well, already I can't 
relate to that because I haven't seen it multiple times. I know. So I'm I just saying because say if it exposes because, flaws you or know, not. Again, we, I too we ha- was confused as to why the man was one naked and two standing still on the roof because everyone else had been clothed. I mean, no. Actually, the first lady that they saw in the old abandoned parking garage when she was strapped to that wheelchair naked, had been yeah. naked. Well, that, that didn't bother me. I said they were either in white clothes or naked. But why is he standing still on the yeah, roof? Yeah, yeah. Well, why, my whole thing was, why was he on the roof? Not that he was standing still. Because, like, we all need to take a pause every now and again to breathe. Not but a demon. Like, well, okay. <laughs> Speaking from experience, what? Well, none of them, they never stop el- elsewhere in the movie, other than uh, the dad to throw stuff in the water. Yeah, but no, why was he on the roof? Because if it's really a straight line right to you, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. So. I don't think it's actually a straight line. No. Yeah. Because what if he came against a brick wall? Well, I, the reason I was just sort of saying that I'm. I don't know, sorry that I'm being so critical of it. It's just because we had a number of people say that they wanted us to do this episode because it, they really like it. And I think a lot of people do like it. Um, mm-hmm. It's just not really, it's not my favorite. It's fine. It's fine. It's not my favorite, though. I like the idea. But I don't like horror movies. <laughs> I like the idea. I do like horror movies. I don't think that the idea was executed as well as it could have been. All right. It's still still nice looking movie though, we and the music is great. Yes, the music is really the sound overall is really good. You just you put you put you know schmaltzy synthesizers in a in an eighties style horror movie, and I'll, you know that that automatically gives it a few points in my book. So yeah, and it was actually scary. My feet got sweaty. Yeah, I know. Not dripping, but it, well, I was nervous. Well, you made it. Yeah. And uh, so it's it's Ugh. all good. <laughs> well, next week I think we're, I won't say what it is because we got to tease it on social media, but I believe um. we'll be going to the to the theater again. So yeah. that's a hint. You can go on Wikipedia or whatever and just figure out what it is. The internet. Sure. Well, if Wikipedia is the internet. So uh, yeah. <laughs> go to film in 2019 and you, you can figure it out. I think it's that thing about like rectangles and squares. Sure. Wikipedia is the internet, but the internet is not Wikipedia. Yeah, maybe. But <laughs> what? That was great. It's a great metaphor. Well, at any rate, we'll anyway, have, we'll have a new. We're going to the theater. Yes, the theater, and we'll have a fresh, a fresh episode for you next week. Uh, but in the meantime, this is episode six, so you have five others you can listen to on. SoundCloud and Spotify and TuneIn, Apple Podcasts, Google Play. Yeah, and we've all- spread it across the platforms. That's right, and uh, like jam on toast. That's right, and you know, feel feel free to like it and rate it, subscribe to it, listen to it, share it, all Look- those things. Yeah, so we should have said this at the beginning. <laughs> nah, people don't want to be bombarded with this stuff at the beginning. I don't know. Well, maybe we can try it at the beginning no, sometime. People no, will turn it off. Yeah. <laughs> well. At any rate, at any it's rate. past our bedtime. So. It's so late. We did this one late. Yeah, well, it's still, we're going to get it out there. So. No, I know. But if I don't get my eight hours, I get grouchy. I know. So we're going to go to bed. So thank you for listening. <laughs> thank you so much. I'm Will. And I'm Emma. And this was We Watch Dead People. So Ooh. S- see you next week. See ya.